Well, hey, before we get started today, I've asked some people to come up. Pars, to come and join me. Who have I asked? Uh, I, Terry and Sally and, oh, she's shaking her head, but I just put her on the spotlight. <laughs> you come up, Sally? <laughs> she's like, um, yay, God. But there's no pressure. You don't have to do anything. Just come on up. And um, who else? Is there anybody else that I mentioned? Because God's got good things to say, right, to people today. Where's that? Can I have that microphone, babe? This is my wife, Amy, you guys. Come on. And uh, my name is Brandon. If you're new here, I'm the pastor here. Um, as of June 10th was the official date. And we're, we're, we're having some fun. I'm, ha- I'm having fun. So that's good. But um, uh, why don't you guys come over here. And um, I've just asked them, come on up and uh, see what the Lord has to say. So they might pick you out. And um, so who wants to go first? Tim, I, I, Tim, I think I think the Lord's all over you. Yeah. All right. Well, Jeanette. Awesome. Would you stand up, Jeanette? Hey, if you can. <laughs> she said, she's had quite a morning. <laughs> so what I saw was a like a blue. It was like a bird, but huge, flying over you. And it's, to me, it represents, that's, revelation is flying over you. And the, the impression I got was you have to reach up and grab that, but you have to let go. Like it's, it's like you have to jump and let go or something to get it. You know, like truth comes in, in layers or there's truth held in tension. And it's, there's a sense of letting go and grabbing as it comes by. Mm. It's, it's whisking by. It's Thank huge. It's a new level of revelation for you. Yeah. Let go as you grab so wow. you can soar with it. Cool. Wow, I feel that. That's a good word. Ooh. I love this about the word of the Lord when it goes forward. How many, as soon as that word was released, you felt the presence of God just come in? Raise your hand if you felt that. Yeah, look at that. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Paul said, it seemed good to me and the Holy Spirit. And, and I believe what that meant, I actually don't know what else it could possibly mean, is what that meant was that it seemed good to Paul, but there was a witness of his presence on it. And God, and, and this is how God, you feel it again? Just on that word right there. Did you feel that? And the Lord comes and he says, yes, I'm on that. And he speaks by his presence. So that, that's powerful. We bless that word. Yeah, guys, just put your hands toward her really quick. Yeah, we're just so thankful for what uh, she does here. But, wow, a new season. We bless what you're doing, God. Amen. All right. What's your name with the white shirt? Crystal. Okay. Crystal, would you stand up? I mean, you're free. You don't have to, but I'm just inviting you to. Yeah. I just, the Holy Spirit just highlighted you to me. Because he had something really important for you to know. And I said, oh, what is it, God? And it's the Father's love. The love of the Father. And, um, yeah, I just see him going into a piece of your heart that might have been hurt or shadowed or in some way that you didn't even know. And he's going in and he's turning on the light and it lights up and he's 
bringing life and he's bringing a type of love and a depth of a love that you've not ever experienced before Hmm. and um, it's the favor of a father Hmm. on their child and um, currently I have two very little children and I'm a mother not a father but the parent love of and the favor and the they can't do anything to make me love them less or to make me love them more. Yeah. And I just adore them. I think they're the best in the world. And that's the kind of love that I see he's pouring out on you. And wow. just to open your heart mm. to that love and go after it. And if you, if you can just turn to it and say, okay, I'll take your love, the depths of it. I am worthy of your love because you said I am because I'm your girl and he just has so much favor he's pouring out favor on your heart and opening doors for you yeah yeah wow thank you father uh, as a as a body let's just put our hands toward her and agree father we thank you for what you are doing thank God your word and your actions are the same so God we thank you for what you're doing in Jesus name Wow. Um, I don't remember your name. Autumn. Autumn. There's a new season for you. Yay. Um, I just see God um, covering over you. I, uh, he just wants you to know that you're special to him and he loves you dearly. And you're coming into a new season. I just see his... Um, wings over you, protecting your heart. And uh, I think he just wants you to know that he loves you very much. And there's, I don't know, I just see healing coming to your heart. Thank you, Father. Yay. Yay. And Autumn, I just see, I just see get, like, I don't know what doesn't. I don't know if they're they're natural. I just think they're just gifts from God. It has to do with His love and His favor in your life. But I just see Him pouring out His delight on you in ways that are tangible to you, ways that you understand. And so just watch for those things because I really see the gifts of God. Like God is just opening up the floodgates over you, and and His and His favor is raining upon you. And and so just watch because I feel like. Each gift, God is just saying, I love you, I love you, I love you, I'm going before you, I'm watching out for you, and, uh, and he's just really making a way for you, and, uh, and so we're, yay, God, I'm excited for you, actually, about, about this new journey in Jesus' name. Yay. Yay, God. Awesome. Um, I just want to encourage all of those who have been praying for the prodigal son or the lost sheep that there's oh. like this new hope wow you know don't such a good word don't give up there's this yeah they're coming home thank you father thank you father <laughs> oh I feel that too yeah go for it yay are there any teenagers in here Okay, if you're a teenager, I know you don't want to stand up. But can you at least raise your hand really high? Okay. Yay. Over here, okay, two two All teenagers right. in here. All right, women. Ladies. Uh, there's just the two women, right? Young ladies. Oh, Isaac. 
Oh, see? Oh, I think it's actually yeah, you, Isaac. Is. I felt like there was a teen guy in here, and I just couldn't see him. But um, this is for you, Isaac. I didn't know it was you. <laughs> but there is a leadership mm. coming upon you. Not You already are a leader now that I know who you are. <laughs> of course you're a leader. You're a charismatic person. People love you. But there's an actual anointing of a leadership coming down on you. And it's not just to be fun and just to make people feel loved and everything, which is awesome because that's what you carry. But he's also pouring down anointing to lead people into the depth of the kingdom of God. And um, he's going to take you deeper and deeper and deeper. But you are going to be the leader to take others into that presence. Thank you, Father. Wow, that's a good word. Awesome. Anybody else? Yay, God. Can we give them a hand? Way to go, you guys. Thank you. How many love the prophetic ministry? Me too. The presence of God and the voice of God. is. I guess that's, that's God, huh? I love God. But, uh, <laughs> hey, we're Isaac. You're back there. Hey, I, I saw this. Uh, I just want to say, uh, I just want to announce to you that I feel there's actually something like a tangible impartation happening for you with that word. So just go ahead and receive that from the Lord right now. Yeah, I just saw like, oh, I actually feel the power of God, like a, a real tangible impartation for you, a gift from the Lord. So we bless that, what God is doing there. Thank you, Father. Amen. Oh, it's a good day. Well, hey, I want to I want to talk today about um, I want to talk today about uh, I'm just calling it marks of awakening. And I'll explain a little bit um, about three. I think it was almost four years ago now. um, The Lord uh, just spoke to me about some of the marks that we would see in the coming days there will be signs of great awakening that's happening on the planet. And um, it's, I'm not saying this is a comprehensive list. These are the only things God's doing. No, not at all. I believe what God is doing in our day cannot be contained. And it, it really can't be. It doesn't fit into. God doesn't fit in a box. So what he do, is doing doesn't fit in a box. And But I, I'll tell you that um, if if the media is shaping your view about what's happening on the planet, Find something different because they are blowing up the small like, you know, if you just if they were if you were literally looking for the negative and then, you know, and then I'm sorry, I'm just being honest. It's so negative. And, And if you just feed on that and you believe that's actually what's happening, that's all there is that's happening in the world. It's so bad. It's so gloomy. But I'll tell you. There's way more good happening than there is bad. And, um, do you know, there's stadiums being filled like never before. And it's... Should I use the handheld? Uh, we'll try it a little more. I'll, if it does it again, I'll just grab that. Um, but stadiums are being filled like never before. And, and this is one of the marks, actually, I thought about rustling up. Maybe we'll listen to it another day. But I thought about rustling up the Paul King prophecy that's, uh, that's, I don't know, 25, 
30 years old maybe now, but I believe to, these are the days. And, um, yeah. We're back. There we are. Ooh, that has a good tone, too. <laughs> the microphone helps. So, um, and so he, but one of the things he prophesied is that the stadiums will be filled. And, uh, and it says, and he, it says that people, that because of the power of God in the stadiums, people wouldn't, wouldn't move for three days. And, and he saw all kinds of miracles, even the dead being raised, salvations happening. And so we're just beginning to see. But, um, you know, like, if you think about, if you think about people coming to a stadium to receive Christ, isn't that kind of supernatural in itself? Like, I don't know about you, but like, if you're an unbeliever, you're like, I want to go to a stadium, wait in line for hours. And, like, if you don't even know the Lord, I know why you would do it if you know the Lord, because you know that, that God's going to be there. But like, if you don't, I don't know why you would go except God is drawing you. Have you ever thought about that? The fact that Billy Graham would fill stadiums and then thousands of people who didn't know the Lord, but they would just come and listen to the gospel. Are you with, am I, am I the only one that thinks that's like, that is, that is, that's God. But Jesus said that no one can come to him unless the father draws. And so God is drawing people. It's supernatural. I think it's just important. I feel an emphasis on this, that we really don't look with natural eyes at anything. Like even church, what we do here, why we come. Like it's awesome. We love each other. I love, I, I do. I, I love to be with the people of God. But we're, we're also in the presence of God where, and he's a supernatural God and he's drawing people. And people are coming in. And so somebody said, if you want to find if you want to find success in your day, find out what God is doing and give yourself completely to it. And it doesn't mean everybody has to be preachers. We've said that a million times. I think everybody knows that by now. But but what is your part? This is the thing. God, what are you doing? What's my part? You know what? Your part may be to be a, a, a businessman in a community like I have a friend who's a businessman. He's a car salesman. Uh, he has a used car lot, and, and it's he's a man of integrity. He's a pillar in the church. He's a pillar in the community. And like the church that he's a part of, he probably brings more people to church than anybody. He wins. He wins souls, and, and it's just because he he does what he does. But he's just sharing Christ all the time whenever the Lord gives an opportunity, and. Um, so whatever your part, God, what are you doing and what's my part? And um, and so I also just want to announce that there's a there's a spirit of wisdom and revelation that God releases on our life. You can carry that. But but when we come together in this gathering, it's it's happening. And so I, I think it's important to realize that because then you can look for it. And you know that a, a lot of wisdom actually has to do with being humble and hungry, humble and hungry. Humble and hungry really qualifies you for everything in God. Humble and hungry. And, and, and a lot of wisdom really comes up. Well, if we can ask for it, it's super simple to get wisdom. You get around wise people. And you ask God for wisdom. It's pretty simple. You read his word. You ask him for wisdom. And then you look for him to speak to you. And, it's, and you, you're going to get it. 
It's that it really is that simple. You can be so wise. Just ask for it. And um, and so a lot of, of receiving the wisdom of God comes down to a lot of uh, the gateway to experiencing God's manifold wisdom and supernatural realm really are often very simple things that we do in our life. And so being humble, hungry and just simply looking. You realize that like because when you're not looking, it's when you're not looking to learn each day, it's actually a form of pride. It doesn't mean that it's arrogance. It just means that you, you, we sometimes live with the assumption that we have nothing to learn. And, and we don't even know we're making that assumption. We just go and we just get in a routine day to day. Everything's the same. You know, people, how you doing? Same old, same old. I'm like, oh, Lord, save me from that. And like God's newer, his mercies are new every day. He's got some new aspect of his nature to reveal to me every day. His love is always fresh. And I'm like, it's not the same old. It's the same new with God. And um, and so. Um, so, Lord, we thank you for your spirit of wisdom and revelation in Jesus name. And God, we say we do want we want to do what you're doing. You know, when you do, when you find out what God's doing, you do it God's way. You save yourself a lot of frustration. How many went out to see Mary Poppins? Come on. Almost everybody was there. It was Amazing, Shanna. Can we? Shanna's not here, but we should just give her a hand, even though she's not here. Man. What a show! We loved it. Uh, actually, you know, and she just nailed it. Man, so good. And uh, but you know, it was awesome. You know, uh, one of the things that Mary Poppins said was, um, they said one of the things the kids want was that she would play games, and she said, "Oh, I love games, but I choose them." And I thought, it's a lot like God, isn't it? He's like, oh, I'm so much fun. I just choose what we do. (laughs) It's so amazing. It's beyond your wildest dreams. I just choose what we're doing. And besides, my ideas are so much better than yours. You don't, you know, if once you've experienced God's idea, you're so glad you didn't get yours, you know? And, um, and so, yeah, but that, that requires surrender, doesn't it? And that's humility. That requires trust. I don't know what it's going to look like. God, I've seen you do things in the past. And sometimes we say, well, I saw God do this. So now I know what God does. I'm like, you've been alive for a millisecond compared to God. Like you saw something. They go, well, God doesn't change. No, God doesn't change, but we should. And and he, you know, and he and he hasn't revealed everything about himself and every way that. He, you know, he, we know his ways don't change, but methods change all the time. God's not married to methods. And, um, you know, some of our church methods, I didn't expect to go, but I'm going to get to the points. But some of our methods that we do, for instance, the altar call, right? The altar call, like we call it the altar call. If you grew up in church, I don't know if, how many don't even know what an altar call is. But, but it just means, like, if you don't know the Lord, come forward. And receive him. It's a sign that you're... It's just a way to respond to a call that says, I want to follow Jesus. There's nothing holy about the way we do that or sacred at all. It's just simply a way. And, and it doesn't matter how. What matters is that in, your, in a heart, that a heart was surrendered to Jesus and said publicly, I'm going to follow him the rest of my days. And something happened, spiritual birth. But it doesn't matter. And when Charles Finney did it, 
It was so controversial. The fact that he would even have somebody stand out because if they didn't know the Lord. And it was like, what's he doing? People were so uncomfortable. But today it's a part of our everyday life. And we're like, well, you know, that's how Jesus and the apostles did it. And, and uh, but, you know, that's kind of, you don't know, think about it, but we think that way. Somebody said, uh, you know, different Bible translations. I heard somebody say, you know what? If the King James Version was good enough for the Apostle Paul, it ought to be good enough for us. <laughs> it's funnier than you think. But, uh, but <laughs> the fact that somebody was actually being serious when they said that. But, but um, I'm like, you know, it wasn't written in English. But um, moving on. Lord help. Okay. So I've got five points, five signs um, or things that we will see happen in this move of God. The cool thing is, is that some of them I wrote and now I can see them happening. But this was like four years ago when the Lord spoke it. And so I'm just going to speak it out. Some of them aren't surprised. And then there's like, there's a few exhortations. So it's marks and there's exhortations that the Lord would give us encouragements. And uh, so number one, and they're not in any order, but one of the things that we're going to see in this move of God is 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 a holiness movement. We're, we're going to see a manifestation of God's holiness in the church like never before. And I'm not talking about some staunch rule based. Do this. Don't do that. That's not holiness. What you do and don't do doesn't make you holy. Being holy affects what you do and don't do, but your actions themselves are not holiness. Holiness, holiness is, is about being set apart for God. It's about, it's about being, it's not even about purity. You realize that? Holiness, uh, also I just want a little disclaimer. Every one of these points could be a whole message, but we're not going to develop them all today. It's just some more of a declaration. And, and to get our vision, God, what are you doing? And do it here. And, um, and so, but holiness really actually doesn't mean the absence of sin it doesn't mean pure. It includes purity and everything. But it's such actually a small aspect of what holiness is because God is holy. And what it really means is other than. Other than. Completely different than everything else. It can't be compared and it's dedicated. And, and, and so and there's no mixture. There's no change. And the script, that theme is through scripture about God, right? He has no shadow or turning. He never changes. He doesn't switch on you. He doesn't have any hidden part of his nature that's going to surprise you. Oh, no, he's really mean. No, no, he's all good. He's all love. But, but, but his beauty, his wisdom, his majesty, his holiness, all the aspects of God um, will continue to gaze upon for eternity and see more and more of. Just to understand all those things in a much deeper way. It's an endless exploration. It's what we're going to do for eternity. Isn't that amazing? It's all there's going to be to do, I think. But I don't know. I don't, I don't know what it's all going to look like. But I, I know nobody's going to need to be saved or healed or prophesied over. So we're going to have to find something else to do. And I, and I think it's going to be what the elders are doing. And, um, yay. I hope I'm close enough to the throne to join in that. But, um, anyway... So uh, there's going to be a holiness movement that's coming. And, um, and, and a lot of it's going to have to do with the revelation of his goodness and how much we've really, like this, this whole understanding of forgiveness, what it means to be forgiven 
And to be a new creation, you know, and, and, and uh, so he who is forgiven much loves much. And so when you really understand, like, oh, wow, like how much I've been forgiven, it does something. And actually, that, that, that truth, I believe, is this, is that it does, some people have been forgiven more than others. That is true. But at the same time, I don't know if that is always what determines it. I think it's the revelation that we've been forgiven and what we've been forgiven of and that we are a brand new creation that the more that truth opens up in our minds, the more we are blown away at the goodness of God and it creates this heart towards God which manifests as holiness. And holiness isn't do this, don't do this, don't do that, right? The Bible says those things have to do with, with those things that are perishing. Do's and don'ts. That's not what God is. That's the law. That's the law without grace. Do's and don'ts. But, but God, this live, his, what happens is when you fall in love, completely in love with God, then there's this thing inside of you, like when you're, it's like when you're married, you know, like where you're like, you don't just run around all day going like, no, like, oh, I don't want, you know, you don't run around with like God and you're like, I don't want to be unfaithful. I'm going to watch out today. You know, it, you, you know what I mean? You don't run around going, I don't, we're not going to talk. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not, oh, not going to do anything. I'm not going to, you know, it's not that. It's, it's the fact that you, your eyes are locked on one and you're like, you're all I really see actually. Ah, and the more I look at you, the more I love you. And then, it, and, and if the, if the tempter comes, you're just like, no way. No way, no way, no way. Nothing is going to mess with this. With this, I love, I, no, no, he's, he's too good. And, and so it commands a faithfulness. And, um, and so we're going to see that. Um, it, it's really going to manifest in uh, uh, great love. A reverence for God, more on that in a minute, and a manifestation that looks like devotion to the Lord, obedience and surrender. We're, we're just going to see people stepping out like, and, and it's not going to look like I dare you, you know, like I understand the message about faith. It says faith is spelled R-I-S-K, but I think it's much deeper than that. I, I, I think faith is F-A-I-T-H. And, and, um, no, I don't, I mean, no, I get that faith requires stepping out. I get that. But I think a full manifestation of faith looks like light shining in the world. They're like, I don't know, I'm light. I just shine. And, and so we're going to see that great obedience. And I love what Bill, you know, Bill says, Bill Johnson, you know, it says to the hungry, you, the hungry do things that look like sacrifice. I'll say those that are in love. Do the same thing. It, it, it looks like you're, it's so gutsy what you did. You're like, I, I didn't think of it that way. I was moved by love. It didn't really feel like gutsy when I did it. It felt like love. It felt like compassion. And um, yay. So that's exciting. Say, do it here, Lord. Come on. Uh, so, you know, love is what transforms a life. You ever know people don't change because they should? It's true. Like, I never changed because I should. Like, like, you know, you, people don't stop doing what's wrong 
because they know it's wrong. It's like, hey, you shouldn't rob the store. Oh my gosh, no one ever told me that. I'm never doing it again. Like, they know it's wrong. But, but love transforms people. The love of God. Faith, hope, and love, really. That's what really transforms you. God loves me. He believes in me. And he's given me a hope for my future. That transforms you. And really, when you take somebody who's not shiny and you love them long enough with believing love, they start to get shiny. You ever notice that? I don't know. That's what happened to me. I hope to just keep getting more shiny. And um, so, number two, uh, one of the marks will be a reverence for the Lord will be seen in the church in the best way it's ever been seen, I believe, in history. We call it the fear of the Lord. It's, it's kind of gotten, if to some people that sounds like a bad word, but the fear of the Lord is a beautiful thing. Paul said, let us now know both the kindness and the severity of God. And, and, and so um, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, you know, and, um, but love perfects. And so you really, you really need both. And then it, but the interesting thing in the new covenant, it says, we're back to holiness again. And this is one of the things that's going to drive this beautiful set apartness. If, if holiness is too churchy of a word, maybe just think set apartness, like other than I belong to God type people. I love him with everything type people. And, um, and so it says, uh, yeah. Yeah, so the scripture, it went blank for a minute. Perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. That's a New Testament verse. So, um, so if you think about it, isn't that amazing? It's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. But then when we behold him, a reverence for God develops. And the longer we behold him, the more we revere him in a very beautiful way. Not like I'm not afraid of God. Fear of God, afraid of God is what happened with the children of Israel at the mountain where God tried to speak. They said, don't do it. We don't want to talk to God. We might die. Okay. Fear drives you away. But a reverence for God actually draws you in. It's a desire for him and a respect. It's respect. A large part of love is respect. And, and so um, we're going to see that reverence for God, really a beautiful awe of the Lord. I believe we're going to see it in our gatherings even, a real manifestation of, of His glory, not only in our gatherings, but, but in other places, in the streets. And, um, you know, in the, in the Hebrides Islands, Duncan Campbell went to preach, and these islands were nothing but drunken. Like, peop- there, was, there were bars and people were just drinking, and and uh, and there were like three old ladies praying. They were praying and they were saying, God, send somebody, send somebody, bring revival to these islands, God. And Duncan Campbell was the man who answered God's call. I don't think he even knew about those ladies, but he showed up. And because of their prayers, he showed up and God moved in such a way that even the bars began to shut down just because people had better things to do. They were all too busy loving God. And, and, uh, the, you know, and they couldn't support all those bars anymore. There wasn't enough business to go around. And, um, and so I believe we're going to see something. Will it look exactly like that? You know what? It's going to look like God. And uh, whatever he does is good with me. Is this exciting to anybody? So we're going to see his glory revealed in our midst. Um, 
you know, another thing, number three, one of the things God's doing in this move of God is that he's restoring the prayer meeting to the church. And, uh, and, and, uh, and again, not laboring. Like, I think it's important to realize that whatever God does is full of life and freedom. And so we're not talking about boring prayer meetings or, or laborious type prayer meetings, but, but these gatherings of people who are hungry and just want to be in the presence of God. In the Rochester revival, one of the marks of that revival was that um, the like the city was saved. They said you could hardly find anybody who, who wasn't a believer. And like in midday, sometimes the shops would actually uh, close their business for a lunch hour. And people would gather in for a prayer meeting midday. Just come together and pray. And it was this prayer was fueling this revival. These people devoted to God, saying, God, have your way. Keep doing what you're doing. And God just continued to move and save. And uh, it's just interesting because now we've got houses of prayer. And I love that expression. That was a, a fresh new expression. That's going to continue. But, um, but like believers gather. Believers gather for lots of things, right? But, but I remember when I was a kid, people would gather for prayer. And, uh, and we're seeing more of it. And it's funny because now I'm like, like I'm actually seeing it. People are having prayer meetings. I thought Jake Hamilton's having a prayer meeting at his house. And even like it's just his prayer meeting. I'm like, when have I actually just seen prayer meeting advertised? But it's happening. And um, and by the way, you know what? Yeah, anyway, that's another message. We'll talk about prayer. Prayer's not boring. Prayer's fun. And um, I mean, we don't all have to be like on our knees by our bed with our hands like this, you know. Anyway, okay. Some of you got that. I think it's funny. Sometimes you're just laid out on the carpet, and that's good. Um, yeah. You know when you're in the presence of God, and you, you just like, sometimes you laugh, sometimes you cry, and sometimes you laugh cry? You know? <laughs> so good. Not like emojis for Christians, you know? Um, yeah, number three uh, said that. So we're going to see prayer meetings in homes, uh, gatherings, churches, etc. Number four, we're going to see we're seeing a unity coming to the body of Christ that we've never seen in our lifetime, at least. I really believe in the Jesus movement. I, I read about it. Um, and, and there was such a beautiful unity among the Jesus people, at least from a from the large picture, I don't think everybody was perfect and no one ever argued or anything like that. But unity doesn't mean no differences. Unity means we're one and and uh, and and that we're committed. And also another thing about unity is I love I love that we go after unity. I love that we go after unity. I love that we have uh, efforts for unity. I've been a part of those things. I will continue to be a part of those kinds of things, but I know this as well. A lot of our efforts are just what we do until until God shows up and does what he does. And, and we make some progress, and it's important that we do those things, that we, we show love and we accept one another, but there's a unity that's coming. Do you realize that unity is the work of the Spirit of God? And so God's Spirit, as a matter of fact, we can't, like, we can't stir up any of the things in our life, in our own efforts. We can't, we can't stir up forgiveness. We can't stir up love. I mean, we can put on love because we're in Christ. 
But you understand, like, we can love because we've experienced his love. Right? We can forgive because we've been forgiven. And, uh, yeah, and, and, and we, can, we can be one, you and me, because we're one in him. So, like, I'm in him, you're in him, we're all in him. And when that becomes the thing that defines us more than anything else, then really everything else is secondary and, and petty differences begin to fall away. And, and so I'm really excited about what God is doing. And, uh, and we're seeing it. You know, a friend of mine who does stadium events, uh, he's an evangelist. They've gathered all, all these like evangelists are getting. Here's a great sign of this happening already. All these evangelists. And you know what? Uh, they're getting together. They all have big ministries. They're all like world evangelists. They're all filling stadiums and doing crusades and 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 seeing many, many people come to Christ. And and. Um, you know, for those people to put down, they're saying, let's put down our egos and our logos and come together for the cause of Christ. And they're, and they're just getting together and just loving each other and encouraging one another and learning from each other. And they're just having these little gatherings where they get together. And, um, you know, that's, sometimes it's challenging to do when we have our thing going. And it, and it could be God's thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's it's real sign of unity and love that's happening. And... Um, yeah, you know, on a side note, on things that are happening in the world today, that friend of mine, he said, oh, I'm doing stadium events, and I believe God wants to fill stadiums, so I'm going to do a little school, and my team is going to teach people how to do stadium events if they feel called to do it, okay? And it wasn't a bunch of people. I, I don't know if they even had, I don't know if they had 100. It might have been 50. But out of the people that gathered in that little, like, school of stadium fillers, <laughs> there's a... Uh, no, they weren't doing. They came in after that. I think it was 22 people are now filling stadiums from that event, and some of them are like in their 20s. You guys, God's just looking for a yes. It's amazing. A young man. Well, I was just. A, a, I'm just getting excited about things. God's. Doing. I was just. Uh, I, you know this. I went to Germany recently, and we were at the school of revival that planted. They had almost 60 students graduate. Their very first year, full-time students, people sat there, and this guy, this, this guy, I would say, he's a man, but I'm like, uh, he was like in some ways, like, you might think of him as a kid, but he's, he's 24 years old. God, God said, I want you to start a school of revival. All right. He did the smart thing. He got, he got peep covering, he got wisdom, and he gathered an awesome team around him. But 24 years old. Anyway, they're going to grow this year. And so this, these are things God's actually doing. Uh, number five. So that was unity. Number five. Um, you know, John, in John thirteen thirty five, Jesus said, uh, By this everyone will know that you're my disciples, if you have love for one another. And you realize... There's been an emphasis for a long time, which this is important because, see, God works in seasons. And it's not because God is moody or that God, I, I, this, is my, this is my belief on this. I don't believe that God necessarily is like changes what's important. I believe when he, he has one mission and one goal, it's always been the same. I want people to be full of my spirit. And I want them to be my witnesses and make disciples. I, I want the world to be mine. It's all he wants. He wants people. So he's got one mission, really. 
But there's a lot that goes into that, and there's a lot of expression to that. And so we go, well, wow, God's emphasizing prayer. It's not because God likes prayer in this season more than he liked it before. It's because he said, you know what? Prayer has diminished to a point that I have to do something. And he breathes on it. And that begins to grow in our life. And so, so I, was, I, I say that to say that there's been an emphasis on loving the world. We've got to love the lost. We've got to love the lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got, we got to love all people. Like, put on love and love. Love all people, right? That's, the, that's, the, that's sometimes the challenge. But, but, but here's the thing. Do you realize that Jesus said, this is how they're going to know that you're mine, that you love, just love each other. Just love each other. And sometimes I think that we got so caught up saying we got to love the world, we just get mad at each other for not loving the world, then we're not loving each other. You ever notice that? You know? They're like some like young evangelist so fired up, you know? They're like, y'all just need to be... They're just mad at the church. And I'm like, but you know, those people that you're winning to Jesus are going to become the church... Are you going to be mad at them once they're in the church? I mean, you know, anyway, <laughs> you ever thought that through? So, like, <laughs> like <laughs> so, but the sign really what makes, what one of the things that draws people to God is our love for each other. And we're fighting on Facebook about our theology. So dumb. Excuse me. I'm, it's, it is so dumb. It's so dumb. We look so dumb when we do that. I know you guys don't do that, but I've seen other people doing it. And... And I'm like, I mean, I read stuff on Facebook all the time that I have strong opinions about from the scripture. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, what? But I'm like, I'm not even going to open in that can of worms right here in front of everybody. Because, you know, what you put, it's basically like speaking in public, whatever you put on Facebook, which is a revelation for some people all by itself. You know what I mean? Like, if you wouldn't stand up in front of a thousand people with a microphone and say it, don't put it on Facebook. All right. Anyway, back up. Um. Pet, pet peeve. So it's not a pet peeve. It's a conviction. Anyway, um, but a love for one another. And I believe that this love for one another really is one of the things. There's two things that is going to be. And this is one of the signs. Prodigals are returning. And it was just amazing that Sally released that word because that was in my notes for today. And, uh, and I was like, oh, it's such a good word. The prodigals are coming home. And, uh, and so really like that word today, if you're praying for somebody, just grab a hold of that. If you've been believing for 10 years, you're like, that's okay. God said it today. And um, I mean, they got to come home sometime, right? And so if it wasn't 10 years earlier, it could be tomorrow. It could be today. And um, so we say yes to that. But there's two things that are going to cause the prodigals to come home. It's this love that we have for one another and the power of God that's showing up. The power and the presence of God. Because they don't want a club. They want God. And, 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 and Mountain Chapel, I just want to commend you. Like, like. You've got such a leg up on this. You know, Shelly was telling that story about someone in town. What church did she go to? She goes, Mountain Chapel. She goes, they go, that's not a church. That's just a bunch of people who love each other. I'm like, I love that. I love that that's what you get. That is what we are. And uh, when you find out why we love each other, it's going to change your life. Give you a new one, actually. And um, amen. So a love for one another. It's just going to draw the, the, peop, the prodigals in like a moth to a flame. And, and, uh, and God's doing it already. We're seeing people come in. We're seeing it, right? And uh, so, um, 
All right, and just a, a few a few quick exhortations, okay? And, and these are the things that the Lord encouraged me with. And I love these. These are great encouragements. Number one, he said, critics won't count. <laughs> so I just don't have any time for, like, listening to, you know what I'm saying? When you're doing a work for the Lord, you don't have any time for, co- for comment, the commentaries. You know, if you want to encourage, great. You want to help, great. You want to tell us what we're doing wrong, God bless you. Like, that's okay. No, it's, it's fine. Do that. Like, that's what you want to do. But, but what I've noticed is the more I talk about what other people are doing wrong, the less I'm actually doing. And you know what? Before you know it, your ministry is the ministry of tell everybody what they're doing wrong, which actually is not a ministry. It's not a ministry. It's not changing anyone's life. It, no one ever was like, man, thank you for that public criticism on Facebook. It really just changed my heart. You know? I got free that day. And, um, and so, you know what? Critics won't count. And I think that's encouragement because, I don't know, for me, I like to be liked, right? Who doesn't like to be liked, right? But it's okay if somebody doesn't agree. It's like, that's all right. I don't know what you're called to. I just know what God's called me to do. And I'm just going to keep doing it. And, and, uh, and if you give it attention, it grows. And if you ignore it, you just don't hear it after a while. It goes away. Critics won't count. And, uh, and so uh, here's another encouragement from the Lord. Uh, This was like an exhortation. And he said, this one's kind of like, this one hit me pretty good. He said, use it or lose it. Use it or lose it. And and he was talking, one of the things, you know what, one of the things he's encouraging us as Americans is that we have something called free speech. And you don't have to argue with people. That's actually not the way to go. All you got to do is use it. You don't have to debunk theologies. You don't have to answer criticisms. You don't get drawn into arguments. You just be a light. You know what I'm going to do? I'm just not going to be ashamed of Jesus. I'm just not ashamed of Jesus. And, and really, there's like a spirit of political correctness that wants to edge you out of your territory. And the only way it can get in there is if you vacate. <laughs> it's a good word. And so the best thing you can do is use it, because when you use it, you fill space. And, and there's, there's no other, there's, there's nothing that can hinder when God is filling space, no one can push him out. When God's filling space, good luck. Like, just join him. Just join him. And so use it or lose it. Um, you know, because do you realize that actually the best way to steward what God has put in your hands is to use it? God gave you a gift of prophecy. Well, you know what? My prophecy is always just like God loves you. Well, good. Use it. Everybody needs to know God loves them. Even people that know. I need, I like to, I need to hear it. You know? I mean, my wife knows I love her, but I still tell her and she likes to hear it. Chelsea likes to hear it. Right, babe? I love you. She, see, she's smiling. She likes that. And, and uh, I like it too. She tells me she loves me. I love it every time. I'm not like, I know. I'm like, oh, that fills my bucket. So, um, yeah, I love it. So, uh, I do, I love it. Um, it's amazing how you're, ah, thank you. I love you too. Um, so, use it, you know, the best way, I'm going to make that point, the best way to steward is to use what you got. And really, just without going into it today, but the parable of the talents is just that. Do you know, a very, maybe you all, I'm sure you've all realized this, but it actually dawned on me in a way that I never thought about that parable a little while back when I went, 
You know what's interesting? That guy got in trouble for saving. He didn't go gambling. He didn't spend it on dumb stuff. He said, I'm going to make sure I don't lose it. I'm going to hide it. And then he gave the Lord, he gave the master back what the master gave him. You might say, well, that was responsible of you to save. And he's like, no, he didn't use what I gave you. I wanted you to increase it. And, and we, can, we can get all nervous about it. What if I try and I lose? You can't lose because in the kingdom, if you just use what you got, you get more. So you just keep telling people that Jesus loves them. And the next thing you know, you're going to get more. And, and God, your prophetic gift will grow. The healing anointing on your life will grow. Your boldness will grow. Everything will grow if you just use it. And, um, yay. Isn't that good news? So use it. Put what we're given to use. Whatever it is. Alright? And then, here's another encouragement. Um, this is very simple. Guys, we are set up for success. I'll tell you why. Uh, we're set up for success. Uh, like a few years back, I began to just, I wasn't discouraged. I just was listening to the news a lot. And I was a little concerned, I guess. What's happening in our world? You know? And then, and then some things went a certain way and I went. And then all of a sudden, I just got really encouraged. And you know why? Because I realized, oh, you know what? We're set up for success because now we know that God is our only hope. We were actually in trouble when we thought that maybe we could elect somebody who could save our nation. I mean, it matters who's elected. I vote. I pray. But, but I'm telling you, like, I got so encouraged because I went, wait, we knew this all along. Our only hope is an outpouring of the Spirit. And so we're set up for success when we know that we only have one option. It actually boosts our faith. And we go, well, you know what? God's done it over and over. So we're set up for success. And in closing, there's a great harvest that's happening. And uh, years ago, I had a vision of a great river. It was like a pent-up flood. The Lord spoke to me out of Isaiah. I'll come like a pent-up flood, which the breath of the Lord drives along. And this, these are the days that, that is happening. And, and in this vision, I saw the people getting caught up in this rushing water. And the Lord had spoken to me and he said, I'm, I'm mending the nets of my people. And I realized it's hard to fish without water. God's pouring out a spirit. God's poured out a spirit and 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 we are at a place now, the body of Christ, the prophetic message today. I think you can pick that up that that where the nets are ready and that's you and me. And God just wants to cast us and bring in bring in a catch. Yeah, I believe these are the days where the Lord said, do it again. Throw it on the other side. Try it again. And, you, and you're going to find actually just feel that's for some people here. In your personal lives, I just, I really feel this from the Lord right now. That some of you feel like, you know what, I've tried. I've tried. And the Lord's like, it's not your trying. Just do it now that I've said to do it. Do it again. Do it again, I'm with you. Do it again. Don't trust what you do. It's not what you do, it's what I do. Just, just partner with me. Try it again, just try it again. And uh, just try it again. Just love one more time. Just share me one more time. Just believe me one more time for that breakthrough. Whatever it is, cast your nets on the other side. Ugh. Oh, come on. If that, if that applies to you, why don't you stand up? If you feel that, like I just released that and you're like, that's me. I want that. I need that. 
just stand up. Let's just respond to the Lord today. Um, so, Father, we just thank you for our time together this morning. And I thank you that today you're saying, yeah, do it again. Just throw, throw them out. Cast them out. Cast them out. Cast the nets on the other side. Right? We do what we can do, God, but it's what you do that makes the difference. <laughs> like our part, God, we're, the mouse and the elephant crossed the bridge. We're the mouse. Like, you know, the mouse said, didn't we shake that bridge? Yeah. You know, God, you, you're the one who shakes things up. You're the one who makes the difference. And so every single person in here that has stood and, and uh, whoever this applies to, God, we thank you. Look, all, man, there's so many. Wow, this is so relevant today to so many. Father, we just thank you, God, for a season right now, God, of, of radical, radical breakthrough. Answered prayers. Answered prayers. Breakthrough. God, we just we say yes to you. Come on. Why don't you just say this with me? God, I won't trust my own efforts. But I will just believe you. If you say cast the nets on the other side. I'll do it. And so, Father, today I just pray that you will show us our part. And it might just be a simple thing. I heard a testimony just today uh, or the other day about somebody who wanted to buy a house. They, and the Lord was telling them, and they were like, man, we don't really, I don't know how we're going to buy a house. And the Lord was telling them, uh, hey, just, want, and he just, the Lord just gave me these few little simple things to do. That really seemed like they wouldn't make a difference. He's like, make this little budget. Okay, make a little budget here. And God just gave him some real practical little things to do. And sometimes I just think God's just looking for you to do something that says, God, I'm, I'm going to do my part. Making this little budget's not going to buy me a house. But if you're saying to do it, I'm going to, in obedience and faith, I'm going to do it. Preparing for what you're going to pour out. And then God totally blessed him with this, with this place. And. And uh, so thank you, Father. Hey, I just want to invite ministry team to come forward. Those that come and pray, come on up. And um, today, if you need uh, healing in your body, that was released earlier. If you need anything at all, uh, you just want prayer. Even you just want to be encouraged. You guys just like somebody to pray for me. Stand with me. Come on forward today. And, uh, and I just want to give one invitation. If you don't know the Lord, if you come here today, you're away from the Lord, or you've never received the Lord for yourself, you don't know what it means to be born again. Um, or you do, and you just say, I just really need to, um, uh, I need to renew my commitment to the Lord. If that's you today, just raise your hand. Uh, I just want to give that opportunity. And you respond to the Lord, and He's going to do something. He's going to change, change your life. Well, yay, God, we're all in the family. All right. Well, thank you, Jesus. And uh, come forward for prayer and bless you all today. Thank you.